0: Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four,
1: three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Tower cleared. Welcome to Space 3D. It's hard to believe it, but we're actually kicking off Season 4 with our little podcast adventure. In this episode, co-moderators Emily Carney... Tom Hill and Eleanor Rangers briefly catch up following the hiatus from Season 3's conclusion and then dive into discussion on current television shows featuring a retro space theme. First up, the Nat Geo Disney Plus version of The Right Stuff. Also, make sure to check out Emily's other podcast she started recording recently with fellow space enthusiast Dave Giles called Space and Things another podcast devoted to the exploration of space, also available on your favorite podcast listening platform. We're actually kicking off the fourth season of this crazy little podcast.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Granted, It's like Emily's seventh season or something. Now she's all moving on.
1: I know, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how did you get involved with, with doing that other podcast? Basically, what happened was
0: earlier this year, around March or April, I think, he just reached out a you know nowhere. Dave Giles already had a podcast at the time uh, elsewhere called "The Whiskey and Things," but uh, Dave is a space enthusiast, and he just kind of reached out and he was like, "Hey, you know, I'm a big fan of your work, and you know, I was wondering, I wanted to do a space podcast with somebody, and I was wondering if you want to do it." And I was like, "Why not? You know, it, it sounds like fun, and yeah. you know, they." so I just basically was like and it's on a weekly basis and you know it just looked really cool and stuff and uh, so I basically just bit the bullet and did it because why not? It's actually been pretty cool it's been nice doing it like as frequently as we have just because I feel like I've gotten better at like speaking doing like other kind of live events because that looks like it's probably going to be the way of the future for a while
1: <laughs> yeah no kidding
0: it, and unfortunately it doesn't look like we're going back to you know, normal operations anytime soon. So,
1: Yeah, I I think pretty much, I mean, a lot of my friends, when they've asked me about, well, when do you think that stuff will get back to normal? And I'm basically looking, honestly, at 2022 at the earliest. Me too, yeah. It's going to take a long time for people (laughs) to get vaccinated. Anyway, well, that's depressing enough. (laughs) So uh, let's not talk about that. So I <laughs> need um, that as the
2: background.
1: Yeah, everybody knows the covid nightmare going on and I love your uh Christmas card. Um how did you get micro uh headphones on Sophie?
2: Well, uh it was funny because we didn't she wasn't part of the Zoom meeting. We posed that after the fact and then I just pasted it in. And what we did was we videotaped trying to get the headphones on her and then like there was a split second where she froze
1: and I was like, oh, that's it. And I screenshot it and stuck it in there. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I guess, you know, really, this is pretty informal, but we were going to talk about the current space offerings that are on TV right now. And it's amazing. There have been quite a, quite a few.
2: Yeah.
1: One of them, obviously, that uh, we have to talk about is the right stuff. I have to say, I mean, maybe I can just start off. I have to say I've been pleasantly surprised because some of the lead in to the show there there was buzz that it may not have been very good uh so you know when i kind of watched the first episode i'm like okay okay how bad is this gonna be and then i'm like oh (laughs) uh, maybe it's not so bad after all i mean they just dropped their final episode of the season on friday on november 20th and watched it uh, yeah it was uh it was it was uh, it was good, but um, you know there there are things obviously that aren't perfect in the show. But no drama is ever perfect. But I'm just curious about what you guys kind of thought, and then maybe we can talk a little bit about some of the details because some of the there are a few nitpicky things that I can't resist to bring up.
2: <laughs> yeah, the whole dramatization thing, you know, that's going to come in at times. I think that the overall critical thing is that like critics don't know what to make of a space show. It's just something they're, they're not good at dealing with, you know, it's like, well, this isn't quite how I would have done things in the real world. It's like, okay, well you don't work in the space industry. So the fact that you wouldn't do it that way, we can accept that, you know, and it's, and then it's how they choose to dramatize it. You know, the people who are overly technical are going to have complaints about that. So yeah, my first thought.
0: Personally, uh, I I did enjoy it. I'm probably going to get dragged by people for saying that, just because there has been a lot of criticism uh, uh, online of the show. I personally enjoyed it. Obviously, there was um, a lot of stuff dramatized, but If you look at the beginning of the show, it says, you know, hey, there's a lot of fictional elements in here, so just take it with a huge dose of salt. I am aware that Shepard and Glenn, I wouldn't say they had a rivalry, I think they just had a difference of kind of how astronauts should conduct themselves, maybe, at the beginning. I I wouldn't really characterize it as, you know, a rivalry, like they hated each other or something like that, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I mean, anything that I've read was, (laughs) it was sort of like two, the group kind of splintered a bit into like Glenn Carpenter and then everybody else. And it really had a lot to do with the... The conduct, you know, hanging out with the Cape Cookies, as they called them, and that's not something Glenn and and I guess Carpenter they were not into. I felt a little bit like they, uh, yeah, that they over up the ante a little bit or over dramatized this sort of conflict, and and that also led to one thing that kind of rankled me a little bit. I mean, look, none of, I mean, I realize none of these people were perfect, but you do have a bit of a mythic hero thing for John Glenn in particular because of just who he was. And I kind of felt that the show, not until late in the season, was maybe a little critical of of Glenn, Um, almost like trying to make him out as, oh, he's kind of a faker. You know, he comes across as sort of holier than thou, but he's he's not all that. He's just like the rest of us ambitious uh, pilots. But then, I think, at the end, particularly the last episode, you begin to to see clearly the contrast between Shepard and a uh, Glenn and sort of the beginnings of where you can see they may be going and trying to create the you know family man mythic hero you know John Glenn for the next season, and of course, previewing it with like, "Oh my God, the Atlas rocket it's gonna blow up so <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to. To next season for sure.
0: Yeah, I thought they, as you said, I thought they went a little too deep into, or a little too hard on the, you know, Shepard and Glenn hating on each other thing. I don't think it was that intense, yeah. um, by any stretch. But there was a lot I loved about uh, the right stuff. Uh, I, I really loved uh, Eric Ladin's characterization of uh, Christopher Craft.
1: Oh, um, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Really- I've seen
0: some chat about that. Yes, there was. Some- <laughs> Yeah, Hot Christopher, why is Christopher, Hot Christopher Kraft was on nobody's bingo card this year, like, seriously. um, There's not a hashtag for that, I don't
1: (laughs) 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 Poor Chris is probably cringing from the great beyond, thinking, what? What are these crazy people, you know, obsessing over me?
0: Yeah, he's not somebody you looked at, you know, classically, it was like, dang, he was good looking, you know, but I mean... Yeah, but I, I really, honestly, though, ser- uh, seriously, I really, I thought he did a pretty decent job as Criff's craft. I mean, obviously, some of the storylines he was in were not 100% accurate. Um, but tackling the tackling the guy with the rifle was awesome. Oh, yes!
1: Great, and getting his head
0: bashed in by a volleyball. I thought he really captured a lot of Kraft's kind of aggression, like in uh, sort of a righteous... Anger that Kraft had like that sort of energy. I really thought he got that pretty well. So I was impressed yeah. by that. I thought he did a pretty good job. So if I read the book, did I read the book? Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I read the right stuff. Okay. The book in the TV series do not really match up as well as the book in the, um, the 1983 film. Oh, yeah. interesting. okay. Um,
2: I didn't see that coming. I figured they took like, you know, a couple lines, the tension between Glenn and Shepard and just expanded on it with detail from the book or did they add, they added things from it then, huh?
0: They added some fictional elements. Okay. Um, there, there's a few big differences from the TV series, the book and the film. Uh, one very big difference was that the movie discusses uh, Chuck Yeager and uh, kind of the birth of Supersonic uh, flight right, at uh, right. Edwards, and the TV show does not get into this at all. No, the TV no, show kind of
2: ignored. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, the TV show just discusses the uh, Mercury Seven. So, um, so yeah, so that piece is left out. Whereas it it is in the film, and obviously it's in the it's in the book. I'm sort of curious as we get further into this the Disney Plus series because in the book, uh, here's a spoiler for those who haven't read the book. Uh, Pete Comrade is a big part of the book. And I'm curious if he shows up in the series.
2: Well, they're supposed to take it all the way to the moon landing. So, you know, I'm guessing, you know, the new nine will show up here probably fairly early in the in the second season. So yeah.
1: that'll work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I you know, I enjoyed it. And, and the other thing that struck me, too, there were a couple of things that I kind of liked, <clears throat> even though they obviously had to take liberties and. They had there was fictionalized elements to the story. I think what they kind of got right about the show is that I think they got the characterizations and certain feelings right. What do I mean by that? For example, one thing I thought was interesting is, introducing jerry cobb into the storyline mm-hmm. and even though i don't believe it's it's true that Judy cooper was actually a, seriously considered as a candidate i know she was a pilot but what i thought was interesting about that in the last episode again spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it just the disappointment of being turned down i thought that that even though that was probably a fictionalized thing that captured that whole issue of how women were denied the right to fly for many many years so I think they that's what I mean by getting kind of the spirit of a feeling encapsulated by that short scene yeah
0: yeah I agree at first when they introduced Jerry Cobb I was like why are they putting her in here because she really was not a part of the book but now I see uh, having heard what you said and now that I'm thinking a little more about it I think I understand why I think they were trying to Introduce the point women were really underrepresented in the space program. Like, there were obviously a few women who worked at NASA and probably for contractors, but I'm sure it was very few and far between. So, I think that's a good point.
2: That was one of the big things in the Apollo uh, 50th anniversary documentary. There's that one woman in the firing room, and it's like, oh, hey, she stands out, you know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly, white guys in
2: white shirts, and her,
1: <laughs> exactly. The one person without a skinny tie and, and, and pocket protector. Right, right.
2: Yeah, well, see, <laughs> I, as an
1: aerospace engineer in the late
2: 80s, I was in a class of 120 and there were three women. Oh, wow. And it's changed a lot by now. And it's that's true. It's right that it did. You know, I don't know how much of it was people who just lost interest in it versus, you know, sexism and all that sort of thing. But it, it was it was a fact. And at one point, some friends of mine and I were uh, working on a wind tunnel experiment when a, a group of, I, I don't know if they were middle schoolers or high schoolers, uh, young girls were coming through touring. And one of the teachers said, you know, do you drive women out of the major? And my my roommate, college roommate, was like, blink, blink. He's like, everybody gets driven out of this major. This is hard.
0: <laughs> it- <laughs> yeah, it was like that, Um, even though we, obviously it wasn't an aerospace uh, focused Uh, thing uh, when I was in nuclear power school even even as recently as like the late 1990s it was like that it was like you know you had I forgot how many hundreds of guys and you had maybe a sprinkling of us in there and it was and we stood out because you know we we'd get called out and guys wouldn't you know and it was kind of to prove a point you know and people don't believe me when I talk about it because they think oh that was pretty recent and I'm like no it was That's how it was back then, you know, and um, I think things have only recently gotten a little better, you know? Yeah, it's um, we, you know,
2: we're we're working on
0: it. Let's let's stand by. I stand by that statement. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's more awareness now.
2: Yeah. And I hadn't thought of the uh, with the the parallels between the way the right stuff was dealing with Gordo Cooper's wife and uh, for all mankind with Gordo Stevens wife. That was uh, yeah. very interesting.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. That was absolutely a, a parallel for sure. I think also one of the things that's fun for for me, I don't know, when watching this is when certain characters show up that that were not in the the original ride stuff, but you're like, oh yeah, yeah, they were there. Like D O'Hara, I think that's great that they have D in it. Yeah, and um, and Baby Lunny. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lenny who's like their i thought um me and dave giles
0: yeah me and dave giles discussed this how lenny was like their little buddy sort of their little friend how the space task group was depicted as like three people was depicted as gilruth craft and baby and lenny who's like their their like their toddler friend you know oh hey you showed up
2: good good you made it
0: Yeah, I yeah. thought that was kind of funny, little
1: little baby Lunny. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gilruth though is I, I I guess I feel like he was a bit miscast because he doesn't resemble Gilruth at all. And I feel like and, and I don't know much about Gilruth other than being, you know, in the early part of the program and having a significant role, but he he comes across in the show as sort of this nervous Nellie, like, you know, sort of Debbie Downer, nervous Nellie all the time with this wide-eyed look uh, to him. And I, I don't know, that just kind of struck me as sort of odd. And I don't know, my gut was telling me that wasn't really how Bob Gilruth really was, but...
0: Yeah, I don't think he was quite, um, uh, from the very... Uh, I'm not really an expert on early NASA as much as, like, probably mid-70s NASA, but I don't think Gilruth was that terrified, maybe. I think he was a little more of a risk taker, so I do agree. You know, on the whole, I think NASA back then took a lot more risk <laughs> so, than yeah. they would now.
2: Yeah, they. I mean, the the ideas <laughs> of, of launching it at the times that they did and all that kind of stuff. So I'm looking up Bob Gilruth here. I, I think they're just trying to... I think that what they were trying to do was, you know, introduce the political element of it. And they chose him as the character to do that with. Mm. Which, you know, if, if people are just people who are just watching it, who aren't don't have space in their blood, you know, might not realize the kind of things that people were thinking about back then.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That then why they would put him, you know, in the show to kind of, you know, um, underscore, you know, the political uh comings and goings of that time because yeah, the uh the right stuff, the the T V series, you know, kinda of discusses, you know, Eisenhower to Kennedy. Yeah. So and I'm sure the next episode will discuss, you know, as you get, you know, Kennedy's assassination and Johnson, it's et cetera, et cetera, Nixon, I suppose. So I'm sure we'll get more into that next time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting that this season only took us to the flight to
2: Shepherdsville. <clears throat> <throat> so we've got, you know, the rest of Mercury while everything else is spooling up i'm I'm really curious what they've kind of mapped out you know to get us to apollo how many seasons they're thinking
1: yeah i yeah. mean I, i'm going to assume that like the the actual book and then the movie that they really focused mostly on shepherd grissom glenn and then cooper right i kind of hope that they have carpenter's flight so we can really that'll be some great great action with uh Chris Kraft.
0: <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking forward to that episode in the worst way possible. Um, <laughs> okay, make sure I'm thinking right. That's that's <clears throat>
2: where they landed. Long and he got interviewed, and he's like, "I I knew where I or I knew where I
0: was. Nobody else did." Is that the yeah? One? Yeah, okay.
1: and then Kraft's like, oh, he's never flying again." That guy
0: Kraft is... loses his damn mind. Yeah. So um, yeah, that that episode will be interesting and. I noticed they, I don't know, uh, I'm sure you guys saw this too, they kind of set it up where Shepard was, you know, worried about Carpenter, I guess, during this season.
1: Yeah. laughed about it. Yep. Exactly. So that's, I think they do a good job with sort of using these like fictionalized little vignettes to kind of you know, make the point about some broader stuff, so. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything
0: else that stuck out to me during the show. Um, yeah, hot uh, Chris Craft. No, I'm joking. Um, one <laughs> I'm not, weird thing I joking. Uh, <laughs> uh, one weird thing I did notice, and I'm not the only person who noticed this, um, was has and I, um, did anybody note like wonder why like Alan Shepard had to take his shirt off so much during it? Oh, oh my, my god! Oh my god!
1: He I'm was serious. Always, totally that it was like he was like the Bill Shatner Star Trek <laughs> version of that. I see you took your shirt off. <laughs> you took your shirt off again. Yeah. It-
2: <laughs> OK, so so that actor, my wife was like, I've seen that actor before. So we started the whole, you know, the whole search. <clears throat> do you, do you uh,
0: watch what we do in the shadows? I've heard of it. I've never watched it.
2: OK, it's a it's a yeah, vampire man. comedy. And it's a it's a scream. But that guy is on that show. And when as soon as I said he's gr- he's Jeff in What We Do in the Shadow, my wife's like, Yes, yes, that's it. And he's uh he's less buff in there. You know, he's he's got his shirt off less. So
0: but <laughs> Well, that was the other
1: thing too. Like, Shepard was not that buff.
0: No, he was he was I mean, he wasn't in bad shape, but he was kind of uh you know he was normal he was kind of a you know he looked just kind of normal and stuff i think the one who was really fit was carpenter
1: yes yeah exactly so yeah that that kind of made me laugh but bugged me and also i thought that the person that that actor that they cast for shepherd was way too good looking for Sh- shepherd yes as shepherd was not a looker. Let me put it that way. At least in my opinion. So for anyone who may be Alan Shepard fans, no offense. No,
2: no, no. It, it's all. Uh, everybody has an opinion.
1: Yeah.
0: And you're entitled.
1: He didn't look like that because I was like, "Wow,
0: why is Shepard like hot all of a sudden? Like this is really <laughs> confusing." Because Shepard yeah. wasn't. He just maybe not my cup of tea. I don't know. Like I always thought, not like Chris Craft. Yes. No. Not yeah, like Chris. <laughs> not like Craft. No. Apparently. That's the thing, like that gets me is like I never, why? Like I never found like you know real Chris Craft. I always found the real Chris Craft terrifying. Like I never, I was like like his The how scary he was to me superseded his attractiveness, which Uh, is really awful.
2: So yeah, you don't have history here with this guy.
0: No, no, you can you can look at him with new eyes. So yes, (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: awesome oh my gosh you know it was one one thing that that two things that bugged me all right just to nitpick a tiny bit besides like the, the actor cast of shepherd you know obviously back then everybody smoked but but have you noticed that i don't know if it's the microphone that they use on these people but when they all inhale you hear the crackle of the cigarette um as they're inhaling like you hear <laughs> and that really gets on my nerves i'm like is that done like is that like some weird artistic device just like they had you know in first man where the the spacecraft looked very dirty inside which by the way i noticed and this one the spacecraft do not look very dirty and old and worn in in this show but um I didn't not
2: notice that sound effect, but I grew up with two smokers, so it may just be, you know, ingrained and that's how life is.
1: I it was strange. I just happened to just notice that. And the other thing that I know this is really stupid, but I'm going to say it anyway. The last episode where they show the gantry, uh, the redstone uh-huh. that it looked as if, uh, and maybe it's just the way they shot the scene or did the CGI. It looked like the the rocket rolled away from the gantry, but it was the other way around in real life.
2: And that I, I really got on my that. nerves. I didn't catch that. I'll take a look at that again. But uh,
1: yeah, maybe. I need was, to look at that. Yeah. It, it really, it really annoyed me. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> it's the other way around. Um,.
0: I was uh, here's another thing, and I don't know if this will stay on the sh- in the show because it's somewhat controversial. It's kind of a controversial topic. Hey, we need a headline. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was kind of surprised at how poorly Von Braun was depicted on the show, and I know obviously I am aware of his past, um, and I don't yeah, think you- any of us are denying it here.
2: You um, can't show him at all positively anymore. No, there's no there's no redeeming qualities.
1: Yeah. yeah, I I noticed that too. Although I don't mm. think he's depicted as poorly as he is in in the For All Mankind all story. Well, yeah, I, that was a that, that was a I found a little kid. little offensive in that show. Like, quite quite honestly, they tore him apart in
0: that. Um, yeah, and you know I'm aware of what. Obviously, I'm aware of you know what he did and and everything. So I'm not denying that, but I was. It's, it's interesting to see how Von Braun is depicted after the 1970s versus before. I don't know. Maybe, does anybody feel the same way? Because I feel like after he died, it was like, okay, it's okay to be critical of him. But before, it was kind of like, there was a lot of sort of hero worship of him, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah. It. I think here's the deal. Um, and I, st- I still see this today. As long as you're in, quote, the cool kids club a little bit of bad press can leak out about you and everybody just sort of tamps it down, uh huh. you know, but once you're out of the cool kids club and that can, that can develop over, that can happen in like six minutes if you tweet wrong nowadays. Yes. But Less than know, minutes. <laughs> yeah, but in, you know, in the seventies and eighties, it took longer mm-hmm. and, you know, he fell out of the cool kids club and now it's pile on time. Uh, that's personal opinion, but I, I, that's the kind of thing I see, you know, the, the kind of people nowadays who get caught doing something and they go to jail and they come back and everybody says, Hey, that was, you know, one and done type thing. You're throwing a party. We're going to be there, you know, but then like the second time they get caught now, okay. Yeah, you're done. It, everybody turns their back on them and the press all turns negative on them and all that. It's just sort of an, Nowadays, it's an accelerated version of what's happened to von Braun. That's that's what I see is going on.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I just I I just found it. I don't know. I would have to reread the right stuff, the book, because I, I'll be honest, I haven't read it. I, think I read it last a couple of years ago for something I was writing, so it's not fresh in my mind at the moment. But I don't think it was quite as critical of von Braun as the. Uh, as the movie was and as the TV series was. Uh the and I could be wrong like I said it's been a while since I've read that particular book, but um the movie kind of poked, you know, did poke fun at Von Braun. He didn't really come yeah. off great in it, but the you TV show remember, they just
2: I don't remember the scenes related to him in the movie. Remind me.
0: At the beginning of the movie, he had like a really heavy accent, I remember.
1: Mhm. Which he didn't
0: and, in real life. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and I the one scene that that stands out to me is when it was presumably von Braun was showing them, which I found ironic because it probably should have been Max Viget. But anyway, I digress the scene where they show the mercury capsule to the astronauts and they're like, Hey, it doesn't have a window. It doesn't have
2: a window. It should be
1: be called a capsule, not your spacecraft, not a capsule. Um, He kind of came across a bit buffoonish. I thought that's what I remember from the movie that it was more like buffoonish than, that's right it, He's that's the guy like pod,
2: right he goes this is the pod
1: <laughs> something like that okay. yeah yep. yeah
2: yep all right so yeah i might have to watch the movie again hmm, all right well whatever oh i have to watch the right stuff again uh, oh uh,
1: oh darn um, oh you know what's one thing that also i was like oh man they like they missed a great comic moment was the whole scene with shepherd peeing in his suit and I thought the movie was like much funnier how they did that whole thing with the sensors like going
2: off the the lights and everything
1: (laughs) I thought that was hysterical
2: they probably just didn't want to be accused of you know just recreating that scene so they you know they mentioned it they they dealt with the technical aspect they have to turn off the electricity flowing into the suit for that period of time so you know uh, yeah I'm okay with that
1: yeah. So that that just that made me laugh. I'm like, "Oh, missed opportunity."
2: Okay, so since I'm the only male in the in the uh, chat here, I am going to say that my my right stuff crush is Annie Glenn.
1: Oh, yes. I, absolutely. I, uh, love they I love that I have her.
2: Yeah, her characterization <laughs> is great I like the actress who plays her. I I actually don't know her name at this moment, but you know, I was uh just playing along with the Chris Craft crush. I've got the Annie Glenn thing.
1: Oh, no, ab- absolutely. Annie, I'm so glad they have Annie in there. I like also that even though she has a stutter, it was more, it was really overdone, I thought, in the movie, um, almost to the point where it was like she couldn't even talk. And I'm glad that they have it like, yes, she has a stutter, but she can actually hold a conversation with her husband, you know?
2: Yeah. And I think that's the whole thing you run into when you've only got two hours to tell an entire story compared to eight that we've gotten so far from this show. You know, you can expand on that sort of thing and you can take the extra time.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. um, One thing I did not really care for um, on the show, and I'm probably um, nitpicking a little bit because uh, they didn't really focus on the wives story as much as um, the astronauts. But I didn't really like the way they portrayed Reen Carpenter as much, uh, just because mm. they they made her seem kind of petty. And I I believe she and uh, Louise Shepard got along just fine. There yeah, was no. I wondered
1: that too. Yeah, I saw that as a plot device.
2: You know, they needed her to find yeah. out how it was going to ha- ha- what was going on, and so they they brought her into it. You know, brought the the other spouse. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I I don't think either of them were petty women. I I think the reen and louise got along just fine and so i i didn't really care for that as much i don't know i just I, maybe it's because i have blonde hair or something i always get kind of bothered because i feel like everything that reen carpenter has been portrayed in like uh on tv has her kind of like as a blonde you know a bimbo almost yeah she was, know, not, she
1: was not far from it yeah Like she showed she up with was
2: the, well, she was the one they brought in late with the outfit right when they were doing all the pictures
1: yeah and yeah. she's
2: like yeah. you know yeah
0: and, you know, and in real life she did wear a, a dress like that, but she was not a nobody's bimbo. She was, you know, a really brilliant woman in her own right. And I, I don't think we've ever gotten, like, a depiction of her, I guess. So that's something that I'm still waiting on. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we'll have to pr- produce our own version of it.
1: We hope you enjoyed our first episode of Season 4. We'll continue our Space TV Redux discussion on our next podcast. For Emily Carney and Tom Hill, this is Eleanor Rangers for Space 3D.